Hello and welcome. This is Fred with the Future of FinServe podcast. I'm excited that you're joining us for our initial podcast as we discuss how financial services firms are transforming their business by leveraging the Salesforce platform. Since this is our first time together, I thought it would be good to start off this podcast by telling you a little bit about me and my background. I've spent most of my career, a little over 15 years, working as a leader in financial services. Initially, I came to the industry after working in telecom. After building and leading successful telecom call center teams that provided directory assistance, operator assist, and call completion services to some of the leading telecom startups of the late 90s and early 2000s, I transitioned, of all things, if you can imagine, to banking. Specifically, I took a role helping to launch from the ground up a successful contact center for one of our nation's leading credit card issuing banks. There's a lot of interesting and challenging things about that job, but one thing that I really enjoyed was developing and implementing value-added products that contributed meaningfully to the bank's bottom line. These were products that helped our customers with things like purchase protection, roadside assistance, and travel services, while boosting the profitability of each customer and helping to turn the contact center into more of a profit center. I really enjoyed the transition to financial services, and I knew that I wanted to continue to work in that space. But I really craved being closer to my customers and developing more of an advisory relationship. I really wanted to see the effect of the work that I did make a difference in people's lives. In order to do that, I transitioned to wealth and became a financial advisor. I spent a little over two years as an advisor and I built a book of business from scratch to a little over 17 million in assets under management. At that point I learned about an online broker startup that had some roots in Texas where I lived at the time. Their business model was based on empowering individual investors to take investing into their own hands by giving them the tools and platform to make informed investment decisions on their own without the help of a financial advisor. Now remember, this was way back in the early 2000s before online trading was really a thing. I was really intrigued and after some initial conversations, I agreed to join and help them build out a new margin and credit risk team they were launching out of their Texas office. I spent over 10 years at that company, learning and growing alongside the company through countless acquisitions, one IPO, and one eventual buyout from Charles Schwab. In my time there, I led credit risk for the firm and in time, I also led our operations transformation efforts. Now, like I mentioned, it was a startup. But for a startup that had a robust, real-time customer trading platform with really powerful tools, the majority of the middle and back office functions were decidedly dated. I want you to think green screens, dot matrix printers, manual reconciliation with rulers, highlighters, and pencils. And it was in this role that I was first introduced to the Salesforce platform. Immediately I saw the power of the platform to enable our business users to transform and automate processes, simplify reporting, and share our customer data across the enterprise without the need for lengthy custom development. I mean, I was sitting in a company where we literally had a floor of .NET developers to help keep our front-end platform working and up to speed with technology and how it was evolving but those investments were not always translated into the middle and back office functions. So I began transforming our service, account opening, sales and marketing, and eventually even our product development groups all on Salesforce.
It was a great run and an awesome company. When we were acquired by Schwab, I stuck around for a couple years to co-lead the conversion of our customers into the Schwab platform and also helped Schwab sort through some of their initial Salesforce strategy. At the time that I joined, at the time that I joined, Schwab was only starting to look at Salesforce as a tool to transform their customer experience with a few small orgs spread across the organization. Schwab's a great organization, and I really enjoyed my time there. But after a couple years, I wanted to branch out and help other financial services firms transition their business using Salesforce like I had before. I did transformation roles at a few different financial services companies, but after some soul searching, consulting made the most sense. It would allow me to work with a diverse set of clients on a diverse set of problems in a rapid amount of time. I joined a platinum partner called Cloud Sherpas. About a year later, Cloud Sherpas was acquired by Accenture, and I spent about 18 months as their wealth management lead for the North American Cloud First Salesforce practice. I spent the last three years here at Silverline. We're a platinum Salesforce partner focused on the financial services and healthcare industries. I lead strategy for our financial services business and have the pleasure of working with our clients across all financial services subverticals to help solve their business critical problems, deliver superior experiences to their customers, and grow and scale their businesses. So that's a little about my background and how I got here. What I like most about my job is working with clients to help solve their biggest business challenges. Technology, customer expectations, and shifting global conditions are disrupting and reshaping financial services daily. While a lot of the specifics of my client engagements are private and proprietary, the broader trends are universal. Through this podcast, I hope to bring you conversations with financial services leaders, Salesforce technologists, and other industry experts to delve deeply into these trends and the tools and techniques being used to effectively compete for impactful experiences for their customers and employees. So let's get started. Typically this podcast will be more interview and discussion format, but occasionally I want to talk a little more in depth on a specific topic or solution. Today is one of those occasions. If there's one thing I'm sure of as I sit here in the beginning of July, it's that 2020 has not turned out like any of us imagined. The pandemic has led to unprecedented change. We've all been dealing with working from home and the distractions of pets, children, and, and loved ones in our daily work tasks. I know several of the business leaders I've been working with in the last few months were struggling with even transitioning their workforce from a traditional work in the office uh, paradigm to working from home with all of the challenges to infrastructure and scheduling that those brought up. Now it's time for us to figure out how we can begin to return to working in the office safely. Salesforce has helped by putting together a suite of tools under the work.com brand to help companies and other organizations return to the workplace safely. I know many of you have heard of Work.com, but are asking, what is it, really? What do you get with Work.com? Well, Work.com is comprised of seven major components. The first is the Work.com Workplace Command Center. There's an employee wellness module, shift management and planning solution, a contact tracing application, my trailhead for workforce reskilling, an emergency response management solution, 
and a volunteer in grants management solution. For this podcast, I'll be focusing on the first five. The emergency response management and volunteering grants management solutions are really more focused on health, public sector, and NGOs than they are for financial services companies, so I really won't be digging into those, but if you have questions or are interested, you can definitely find a lot of information on the Salesforce website. I want to put my solution architect hat on a little today and talk about what each of the first five modules does, why that's important, and most importantly, how it's powered on the platform. We'll start with the Workplace Command Center. The Workplace Command Center is really the hub of the Work.com platform. It's where organizational leaders can view and analyze the data they need about employees and locations to safely reopen their business locations. You can think of the Workplace Command Center as a single pane of glass for managing all the complexities of reopening a business. Within the Workplace Command Center, you'd be able to manage and monitor employee wellness, training, shift scheduling, and facilities preparedness. You can trigger workflows, apps, and other actions associated with resuming your business operations and analyze and act upon all the data related to reopening in a single consolidated view. The command center comes via a managed package. The managed package contains a number of components, including the work.com data model that I'll talk a little bit more about in a minute, several lightning components, a charts library for use in lightning uh, components, the employee wellness check features, which I'll delve into a little bit more after we talk about the command center, an action framework, and one additional custom field about location status tracking. Now I promised to mention a little bit about the data model that comes with work.com. And it is always hard to talk about the data model without looking at a, a ERD to refer. But I did want to call out a couple of key things about the work.com data model while we were talking about it briefly. The main thing I wanted to have you take away is that the work.com data model introduces a new object for employees. This object is different from contact, person account, or user or any other object that Salesforce uses to track information about a person. It's a separate object that's designed specifically to track employee data. All the other work.com components we're going to talk about, such as survey responses and my trailhead activity, connect back to this object. Salesforce has also announced that their plans to expand the use of this object to additional employee experience functionality further down the Salesforce roadmap. So I think this is really interesting and exciting to explore. The next component of the work.com app suite I want to talk about is the employee wellness check module. By using the employee wellness check, you can gather and monitor employee health and wellness data. You can send out surveys to your workforce to gain wellness data insights and then track it by geography, office location, and even specific locations within an office, such as floors or potentially different buildings. You can also track the overall health status of your workforce in a simple and secure dashboard that you could expose as part of the command center. Now within that employee wellness check app, you can create and send customized employee health surveys, and then you can use that action framework I talked about to build automated flows that trigger actions 
based on the employee status. Now, as I mentioned above, the employee wellness is distributed as part of the command center package. And included with that are several COVID-19 specific wellness survey templates that are included as an unmanaged package, which lets you take those, change and adapt them for your specific use. Now, as you may have guessed, employee wellness is powered by the Salesforce survey functionality. So if you've used the Salesforce survey before, it'll be very familiar experience to you. Now, the first thing you'll want to use the wellness tool for is to collect employee consent to collect their health and wellness information. Now, all those survey responses are tracked in a new object in the data model called employee crisis assessment. And the wellness status attribute can be used to kick off actions as part of that action framework. So if you have an employee give a certain response, that can kick off a workflow, it can kick off, you know, uh, re-onboarding tasks or other things for you to follow up on if you've determined, for example, that they're ready to return to work. Work.com also includes a powerful shift management and planning module. Now that can keep workplace density to a minimum by coordinating human movement and scheduling. The shift management and planning app allows organizations to model site capacity, optimize schedules, stagger arrival times, so you can ensure that you can reopen your business while avoiding overcrowding in common areas and during times of transition. Within the shift management and planning app, you'll be able to visualize safe workplace capacity determine how many people to allow on-site at one time, whether that be, again, in an entire building, a floor, a certain room, etc. Schedule shifts and set staggered employee arrival times. And set priority for specific employees, specific job functions, or people that roll up to specific projects. You'll also enable employees to specify availability, view and confirm their working hours, and receive notifications all on a mobile device. Now the shift management and planning app leans heavily on field service lightning. So if you've used that in the past, setting up shift management will seem pretty straightforward. If not, I will say it is a pretty heavy lift, and so you definitely want to prepare for that. The contact tracing functionality in work.com enables you to manually trace potential employee exposure and interactions. Robust community-wide contact tracing requires a sizable investment in both time and cost. While formal contact tracing activities tend to be the responsibility of state and local governments, having this functionality in-house will enable you to communicate potential risks to people who have may have been exposed while in one of your facilities. And this limited contact tracing can help you identify who was in the office at the same time and proximity to an exposed person and then communicate out to them the possibility of their own risk of exposure. This would also help protect both your employees and your customers and could also potentially limit your ongoing liability. Now the contact tracing functionality included in work.com requires employees to manually log facilities they visited. While this is easy to facilitate through the mobile app, a number of companies are also considering integration of third-party systems, such as calendar apps, to pre-populate meeting rooms and participants, 
or integration of things like badge systems to track when people badge in and out of different parts of a building, and other location tracking technologies to reduce the effort required by their employees to provide contact tracing data. The last module I want to discuss is my trailhead for workforce reskilling. I'm guessing lots of you have used Trailhead and understand how powerful it is as a learning tool. With Mile Trailhead, you can help your employees upskill to meet all sorts of business training and reinforcement needs with specifically crafted trails to your company's policies, procedures, and, and other training needs. Now, as included as part of the work.com solution, My Trailhead enables you to have a new hub for all workplace safety policies and procedure training related to reopening. And this comes with pre-built content kits that include best practices for operations planners, people leaders, and employees as you're working through reopening. It also gives you, again, in that command center dashboard, an ability to track completion of learning and development tasks so you really have a level of confidence that your employees understand the new policies that are being put in place to reopen safely. I'll also say if you haven't had exposure to leveraging my trailhead, using it as part of your reopening plan will give you that exposure and help you consider using my trailhead to help employees understand changes beyond reopening. You may want to consider leveraging my trailhead to help with longer term opportunities to improve your employee onboarding programs, cross training, reinforcement, and additional company training programs. One thing I hope I've communicated is that the entire suite of work.com apps is focused on three main things, data privacy, consent, and compliance. As you probably noticed, the work.com suite of apps contains a lot of sensitive personal employee information. As a best practice, Salesforce recommends deploying work.com in a new org separate from any existing CRM with limited access to only HR and other senior business leaders who need the information to make decisions about your business reopening. Many of the business leaders I talk with daily are struggling with how to balance reopening with safety and communication considerations. I really hope this has been a helpful introduction to work.com and how you can coordinate your reopening plan on the Salesforce platform. Until next time, this is Fred with the Future of FinServe Podcast.